Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here, coming to you live from our studios on South College Street. Now we're pleased to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line and welcome in Joe Bartle of RotoWire. And, and Joe, I cannot make this up because uh, I told you we would talk a little bit about this today. Uh, RotoWire just tweeted uh, about 30 seconds ago Jabari Smith will play, have minutes monitored. Uh, and so that's why you should go follow RotoWire on Twitter because they're giving you great updates about Auburn guys, too, in the NBA. But, uh, Joe, again, always appreciate the time. Yeah, how'd you know? I, I, I scheduled that tweet just for our conversation. I, I, I <laughs> perfectly have it on this platform right here. It's perfect. Uh, that is perfect, indeed. We will talk some NBA here in just a few moments as we talk about the Auburn guys and just everything else going on with fantasy. Again, Joe Bartle of RotoWire with us here. Let's start, though, with what we talked about for about 20 weeks in a row now, Joe, uh, the National Football League, and uh, we're getting down to brass tacks. Four teams remain, and outside of Buffalo, and, of course, Cincinnati kind of maybe proved us wrong on, on what they were, but these probably the four best teams in the National Football League. Just talk us through what happened in the divisional weekend and uh, as we start to look forward to the conference championship weekend. Oh, yeah. I think unequivocally these are the four best teams, and I have been holding out hope that the Bills were who we thought they were at least earlier in the regular season, and, and maybe maybe they're the fifth best team. And, and that shouldn't be that big of a deal, but given how bad and I thought thoroughly the Bengals ended up beating the Bills, it, it's a pretty distant difference between the fourth and fifth spot, whatever it might be. So, uh, yeah, it, it's I'm really excited. I think it will be a lot of good games. Um, you know, I want to see somebody be competitive with Brock Purdy. I know the Cowboys defense gave some issues to the 49ers, Brock Purdy specifically, and that was probably the best defense Brock Purdy. I think almost unequivocally the best defense he's played this year. Um, and, and the hype has gotten to be just too much for me. Like I, I am I am already too annoyed with what people say about Brock Purdy about Brock Purdy, not just the national media, but I just like talking to friends and family. Wow, this you know, Mr. Relvin, he's doing so good. Like, I love Disney movies. I don't need a Disney movie his rookie season. Can, can we just <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit on, on what Brock Purdy can be? If you get a quality backup with the very last pick in the seventh round, you are ecstatic. Just because we need a new Tom Brady, the old one is 45 years old, doesn't mean we get one today. So I, I'm, I'm ready for that to die down a little bit, whether it's the Eagles or the Bengals or the Chiefs, uh, I'm hoping somebody does that for me, at least personally. And I do. I, I think uh, the money is on the AFC, certainly, to win this one, whether it be against the Eagles or 49ers. No, Patrick Mahomes' injury uh, could complicate things a little bit, but if they do make it out of this game against the Bengals, they'll have, that'll be at least three point, or sorry, sorry, three weeks since the point of the injury. Theoretically, a high ankle sprain shouldn't be as uh, difficult, and you'd imagine over those two weeks, he's almost doing literally nothing. Um, you know, physical-wise, I, I hope the game will be competitive uh, with Mahomes likely hampered to some extent. And, you know, that that's that's because or I'm, I'm less interested in that one because of Mahomes' injury was I think the 49ers-Eagles is going to be competitive throughout. Although, Joe, you're looking for the, the Brock Purdy buzz to die down a little bit, I've got to ask you, though, they did beat 
uh, famous Packers coach Mike McCarthy. And uh, the way the Cowboys decided to end that game, again, famous Mike McCarthy. So was it not at least a little bit uh, – did you get a good laugh out of how that game ended just with time management and Ezekiel Elliott snapping a football, Ezekiel Elliott ending the play looking up at the sky, just just everything that transpired there at the end of the game? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty pathetic play call. I feel like that was called like uh, in July sometime against the uh, guys that don't even make the practice squad, the ones that are cut beforehand – and Mike was like, "Oh man, this yeah, this looks great. This could be fantastic. No one's gonna anticipate Ezekiel Elliott uh, getting a, a pitch backwards, and uh, of course, uh, him on his back doesn't help things with that play. But it was it was just bad. Well, and, and to like maybe uh, give some credit to that final play. I mean, Dalton Schultz messed up two plays before. You have the Dak Prescott bad throw as well. I mean, there, there was a complication of errors on top of Mike McCarthy." being one of the worst situational coaches in this exact moment in NFL history. I mean, there was, there was literally no way the Cowboys were going to win, but they couldn't have done anything. Um, they couldn't have been done anything better to, to ensure they would lose that game than the sequence of events that took place prior to that very last play, as comical as it might be, and, and it was. Uh, but I, I honestly, I think I have a bit of empathy for America's team's fan. Uh, not, not that much empathy because you're really so annoying. I'm talking to you specifically about the Cowboy fans are listening. Typically, your fandom is very annoying. Uh, like I, I've lived this Mike McCarthy thing for ten plus years. You know, like I, it, it's disappointing. And I'm going to tell you right now, it'll never change. Sean Payton, rookie coach, next Sean McVay, whatever. Anybody is better if you want to win a Super Bowl than Mike McCarthy, and you will not convince me otherwise. So if that is the goal and that is the aspiration, Mike McCarthy can't be the leader of that team. I don't know who is, but it can't be him. Uh, I think we are well past that point where where he's going to win the Super Bowl. So I have a little bit of empathy uh, for Cowboys fans out there. And looking on to the NFC Championship game, uh, these are two teams, the Eagles and the 49ers, one and two in defense. Um, so obviously they have that locked down and two very high-scoring offenses as well, uh, even though you know the, uh, the 49ers are still functioning with Brock Purdy. They have, he has a plethora of weapons to work with. Um, where do you think that ultimately the winner of this game, what do you think is going to decide that? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I'm leaning towards can the Eagles get first downs? And I'm not even saying they have to score touchdowns. Obviously, what they did last week against the Giants was pretty impressive. And I, I thought maybe the Giants would be a bit more competitive. You know, they always say it's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. Uh, I feel like this playoff should put an end to that uh, adage because what would the Niners do that against the Seahawks? Yeah, the Eagles do it against the Giants. Um, you know, I, I, I have thought that was always dumb. Especially when the three teams or the, the teams are such different in talent, much like the Eagles and Giants were. Um, I really believe that they get first downs and are able to control the possession. Like the goal is to make Brock Purdy is going to mess up. He, he just he just is. He is not actually Tom Brady, and he certainly isn't a Tom Brady that's won 15 Super Bowls, whatever it is now. It's just not what Tom, uh, what Brock Purdy is. So I, I really think that if you limit the possessions, the 49ers can put explosive plays. At some point, Purdy is going to make a mistake, a bad throw, an interception, turnover, whatever else, and you can continue to capitalize. And the more you put pressure, just subtly, not like a, oh, wow, the Eagles up 21 nothing with the Chargers digging the Jaguars a couple weeks ago, subtle pressure, that, I, that has to rattle somebody uh, as young and inexperienced as Brock Purdy is, and, and quite frankly, lesser talent than a lot of other quarterbacks. Not all quarterbacks, that's why he's a very capable backup or low-end starter, 
but most quarterbacks would be riled on that scenario, and I think that's the way in which you can kind of keep pressure. That's the most important thing to me if you were to be rooting for the Eagles to win is consistent first downs, not too many uh, long-distance conversions, relying on that running game, and having Jalen Hurts continue to make plays against the Giants. He looked fantastic, and that was the biggest difference for me as to why I thought maybe the Giants could be competitive. If that is the Jalen Hurts that we see for the next two games, the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm very convinced of that. Talking to Joe Bartle of RotoWire, last football question before we transition into the NBA. Joe, when you look at that AFC Championship game, obviously these storylines revolve around their quarterbacks. Joe Burrow uh, and what he's been able to do, how sm- much of a smooth operator he's been, and then Patrick Mahomes, that high ankle sprain, but obviously Mahomes had a, another terrific year this year. Uh, if the, uh, Look, I don't want to go down le- – the legacy stuff with people in their 20s is incredibly annoying, and I've seen some of that from the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. Is this a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes? No, because he's got 10 or 15 more years of this. So let's, let's not do this right now. But – when we look forward and we kind of think of, what, of the way we've processed Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow and these three teams, if Burrow and the Bengals can get this done, do we have to kind of shift the way we view the hierarchy kind of going forward in the AFC? No, no. I, I think that's I think it's ludicrous. Like if Mahomes retired today, he might be a Hall of Fame quarterback, especially if you want an MVP at the end of the season, which uh, he's not – I don't know if he's the odds-on favorite, but certainly around that same spot. Like – that's how good Mahomes has been, and he didn't start his rookie year. And it's, it's really kind of incredible. Maybe you can credit that to Andy Reid. Maybe you can credit that to Travis Kelsey or Terry Kill. But a lot of this has to be just a compliment to Patrick Mahomes and what he's already done. So while you are right to say this is not a legacy game, if he were to transcend a high ankle sprain, and we all watched that injury occur and all grimaced a little bit and were concerned about what would happen for him, if he's able to be – uh, the, the Brett Favre, right, of, of, of the injuries of 20 years ago and uh, shake off some gnarly things and perform at the level in which we've seen this season and we've seen thus far in his career, that would be, uh, I think, a feather in his cap from a legacy perspective. Like the, It does add to, yes, he's going to have another 15, 20 years to add more of those moments, but make no mistake, if he were to beat the Bengals, that is a moment. And the reason it's a moment is because the Bengals look like the best team in the NFL. I was convinced they were going to lose to the Bills. I thought the home field advantage for Buffalo was going to be significant. But the Bengals were a tougher team. And it reminds me a lot of the 49ers when they faced my Packers. It's like, oh, wow, you know, this uh, clearly not cold team is doing way better in cold conditions than the Packers are. And, and while I know Cincinnati is not a warm-weather team, they were tougher and they wanted it more. I think they had the right mindset. Joe Burrow has been leading them extremely well. And that was a uh, legacy-defining game for Burrow as much as it was Josh Allen. I don't know if Joe Burrow is on the level of Patrick Mahomes yet, but he is, I think, in the top two or three quarterbacks already at this point. And, and maybe that was solidified for some, but it wasn't for me. And I thought last year's run to the Super Bowl was a bit fluky, kind of reliant on some timely turnovers and some unfortunate things by the Titans and other parts of the Bengals to get to the, where they were. This is them taking, this, taking, taking the NFL by its throat and just saying, no, we're here, listen to us, we are going to be um, really, really good. And, you know, maybe that's the, probably too graphic example. I just, I'm very, I've been very impressed with the Bengals, uh, and I, I think they are going to be a dominant team for some time, and certainly for the next two games. Let's now talk NBA, Joe, and these Auburn guys. Uh, they're starting to multiply a little bit in the NBA, but most of them having some tough seasons in their own 
forms and fashion. Let's start with the Auburn rookies, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler-Smith, as we just mentioned via Roto-Wire, about to come back from from an injury that's kept him out the last couple of weeks. His raw numbers, points, rebounds are okay, but the efficiency has been poor. And then on the other side of things, Walker Kessler, though, has been a very pleasant surprise climbing the NBA Kia rookie uh, rookie ladder and he had that uh, huge 2020 game a, a couple weeks ago how do you value these guys in their first seasons and then for fantasy owners uh just what does a guy in particular like kessler do who we've talked about efficient players that rebound or double double capable uh how is he starting to rank is he starting to kind of go up some fantasy boards yeah i guess for jabari smith i'm not worried whatsoever i really thought he was um, a top two prospect so to fall number three, I would have taken Jabari over Chet Holm every time. Um, I, I, I thought he was going to be better than what he's played this year, but by no means am I disappointed. He's 19 years old, playing with a bunch of other 19-year-olds on a Rockets team that does not want to win. I mean, that, that's like the clear objective for that franchise at the moment. Um, I would have hoped he would shoot better from three-point land. I mean, over 40% uh, last year with Auburn, that was like, okay, if he shoots 35, 38, you're talking about a guy that uh, could be a difference maker with the amount of attempts that he gets right now with the Rockets. I was hoping that he'd be a bit more proficient from beyond the arc. I already know he's a capable driver uh, and, and really a good finisher around the rim, even as young as he is. He'll get better get better at that as he grows. Uh, on a championship-level team, and I think the Rockets, you know, they have to get things right continuously, but they have some pieces. Jalen Green's a little bit interesting. Uh, I think Jabari Smith is certainly interesting, too. On a championship team, he is the second or third best player. Like I, I really believe he'll get to that point. So while this hasn't been a great rookie year, I'm by no means turned off by what his performance has been thus far. But you're right. Walker Kessler has been a really interesting case. Now, he was already getting a ton of blocks even prior to uh, sort of getting this extra 20 to 30 minute uh, range of workload with Utah. But now with the Jazz actually doing well and Walker Kessler kind of uh, forcing his way into the starting lineup, especially when Kelly Olenek has been out this past two weeks or so, um, that's been that's been really good. He's converting. I think I saw this last week, so I could be wrong. Either top five or top ten in terms of uh, field goal percentage, and that's as a rookie again, super young, just like Jabari Smith in that regard, 21 years old. I I like what Walker Kessler can do. He's obviously limited though, um, but for the 22nd overall pick, you are more than happy from that perspective. You're the Jazz, and you're developing at least a, a bit of a um, a bit of a fill-in for Rudy Gobert, who you are very happy to trade, and I think. Uh, certainly with the draft capital he got back from the Timberwolves, you'll make that deal every time. But especially how Walker Kessler's played thus far, it has to be a great deal for both the Jazz and fantasy managers to be able to get him. I would imagine at this point he's picked up everywhere, but if he's not, he needs to be in your fantasy basketball even if you look at 18, 18 league at this point. And then the other two main Auburn guys, Joe, Isaac Okoro, Chumo, Kiki. Kiki's been injured now for a while for Orlando. We know about his defensive prowess. Again, the efficiency issue uh, has been a problem from him, particularly from uh, behind the arc. And then Isaac Okoro was kind of that question mark, would he be that fifth starter for Cleveland? At times he starts, at times he's on the bench. It's kind of hard to follow which game is going to be which for him. He's played. I've seen him play 12 minutes. I've seen him play 34 minutes in a game. So kind of what's going on with, with Okoro and Cleveland? And Cleveland, by the way, quite a good team. Yeah, I think the Okoro one might be really interesting. I mean, if the, if Cavs want, and there's like a sneaky name in the trade market, Okoro might be one of those cornerstone pieces that you, you throw, not for the salary matching perspective, but something that you say, hey, uh, this will be a capable guy, kind of like uh, Herb Jones was for the Pelicans. 
in their playoff run last year. I know they didn't get too far, but what Herb Jones could do, it's very easy to translate in the NBA. And I know everyone gets in there with scoring, uh, getting their own bucket, and, and I do too. You know, those are the, the fun players to watch. But guys like Herb Jones or Coral, defensively, that's that's valuable. And that you can do a 3-D type of thing where you can cover really just about all five positions, I guess not center per se, but uh, I, I think he's a very versatile and valuable defender. That matters in the NBA, and I think you can very easily find some sort of trade assets in that regard. I don't know what the Cavs really want to improve. Like the Donovan Mitchell trade was a big deal for them and has elevated them to a level in which I think they are competitive with the Bucks and the Celtics and the 76ers and the East. But that's, that's a quartet of teams that could very easily come out of the Eastern Conference, even if Evan Mobley can't really develop as much as he did after his, his awesome rookie year. Uh, if you're just concerned about Kevin Love and, and C.D. Osmond as really your only bench pieces for the Cavs, that's where I wonder if Akora could be one of those guys that could be moved. And the Carlos Levert addition from a couple years back has helped them give a bit of bench spark. But that's the one spot where if Akora were to get traded, you're talking about the Cavs team that probably has enough, has enough depth and bench defense to make up for it but could use a bit more offense when it gets to the playoffs. I don't know who is available to fit that or like what would the trade look like, but I wouldn't be surprised if O'Connor got moved and was one of the four pieces in a trade. He's Joe Bartle of Rotowire joining us on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Joe, again, preview for us uh, what you got going on at Rotowire and how Rotowire can help everyone and their fantasy needs. Yeah, a couple more uh, Sirius XM shows on Friday. I think they now start at 7 p.m. Eastern, so it's a three-hour three hour special over the next couple weeks here on Fridays. A lot of dynasty football talk, a lot of college uh, prospects and analyzing as they get closer to the combine itself and obviously the draft later on in the offseason. Uh, there might be some more in the woodworks. Stick around to my, uh, my, twi- I'm sorry, my Twitch, my Twitter, uh, at JB Fantasy Sports. If there's a new podcast that might be coming out, we'll have to see uh, how those things progress. But a lot of football coverage, and obviously you know, we're always going to cover with all the Basketball and baseball, especially as we're gearing up right now uh, towards pitchers and catchers meeting up. That'll be that'll be interesting too from a fan's perspective, and I can't wait to launch the baseball season. He's Joe Bartle of RotoWire here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Joe, as always, we appreciate the time. We look forward to these championship games this weekend, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on.